The epistle for this 19th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from the fourth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Brethren, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man who, according to God, is created in justice and holiness of truth. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak you the truth, every man with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Do not be angry. Do not sin. Let not the sun go down upon your anger. Give not place to the devil. He that stole, let him now steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have something to give to him that suffers need. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the 22nd chapter of the gospel of St. Matthew. At that time, Jesus spoke to the chief priests and the Pharisees in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a king who made a marriage for his son, and he sent his servants to call them that were invited to the marriage, and they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell them that were invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My beeves and fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come you to the marriage. But they neglected, and they went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. And the rest laid hands on his servants, and having treated them contumeliously, put them to death. But when the king had heard of this, he was angry. And sending his armies, he destroyed those murderers and burnt their city. Then he says to his servants, The marriage is indeed is ready, but they that were invited were not worthy. Go you therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, call to the marriage. And his servants, going forth into the ways, gathered together all that they found, both bad and good. And the marriage was filled with guests. And the king went in to see the guests. And he saw there a man who did not have on a wedding garment. And he says to him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having on a wedding garment? But he was silent. Then the king said to the waiters, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the exterior darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, on two of the nights of the mission that we had this past week, I was trying to explain how God, out of a free, purely free choice of his own, choose to have a woman to be an essential part of our redemption and our sanctification. This was God's design for the supernatural order. Everything that's involved with the restoration of the human race, with our redemption, our sanctification, there is a woman involved. And this decision has many far-reaching consequences, but one of them is the fact that we have a mother in the supernatural order. And since it's impossible to say everything in a short period of time, which was the mission, um, and since today is the feast of Our Lady's motherhood, I would like to say something more about this fact that God has willed for there to be a mother, a woman involved in every aspect of the restoration of the human race. What I would especially like to do is to help us admire the wisdom of God and appreciate our membership in the Catholic faith. This is such an important thing for us to do, to reflect upon what has, God has done in the supernatural order and admire what he has done. 
This is more difficult than us admiring what God has done in the natural order. It's somewhat straightforward for us to examine nature and even just scratch the surface of nature a very little bit and to be in awe and total admiration at what God has done. For instance, we can consider the the design of the human body and be utterly astonished. Um, The symmetry of of the human body, that, that one side matches up, with another perfectly, um, the fact that we have this ability to maintain ourselves in a constant temperature, no matter what the temperature is around us, our body always remains the same temperature, um, something called homeostasis. And the fact that we have 37 trillion cells in our body and one million cells dies every second and one million cells are being regenerated every second in a normal, healthy person. Um, these, and these cells are just absolutely astonishing. We know so much today about what is contained in a cell. Um, it, it's, it's a quote-unquote technology that far exceeds the greatest complexity of anything that we have ever made. And of course, cells are extremely tiny. They are like um, full of molecular machines. It's, it's a factory on a level far, far more complex than the greatest factories, the biggest factories that we have by human development. And we have this immune system that's able to fight off practically any disease when, when we are young, when we're in a, in a good state of health. Um, we have this ability, we, we, humans have an ability, father and mother have an ability to generate new life, to bring new life into this world, new life that resembles their parents and to form their children. Um, these things are absolutely and utterly amazing. And we, we, can, we can go from there and, and think about man being created in the image of God with the faculty of, of reason and free will, our ability to construct cities, our ability to compose beautiful works of music, and then our ability to converse, communicate with one another on such a high level, to discourse on very sublime topics, the most sublime topics possible. And, and we, when we do this, when we examine the natural order in this way, we observe um, the incredible things that God has done for, for us as human beings, we, we might be moved to say with, with Hamlet, what a piece of work is, is man. How noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god, the beauty of the world. It's so fruitful for us to do that, to, to gape in awe at what God has done in the natural order. But what I'm saying is it's just as important for us to do that with the supernatural order, to look at what has been revealed to us with regards to our Catholic faith, how God has created a a certain church, a a certain religious family, whereby we are to get to heaven. And, And when we examine that, we are meant to have just as much awe as when we observe the natural order. But it's much more difficult for us to attain that wonder when we examine our Catholic faith as opposed to when we examine nature. And the reason for this is that we can actually observe nature. We can look at it with our, with our eyeballs, with, with our human senses, whereas we cannot do that with our faith. The only eyes we can use to examine our faith are the eyes of faith. We can only see it through a veil. But let us do that. Let us try to do that as much as we can so that we can produce that wonder 
in our hearts at what God has done for us, and so love our faith, admire, and, and love God and what he has done all the more. So what I want us to wonder at today is the fact that what God wanted to give us a mother in the supernatural order. He chose one of his own creatures, a lowly and unknown woman from Nazareth, to redeem the human race together with her son and to be a channel for all graces that come to us. And by doing this, what we have to understand is that this choice of God means that we have a family in the supernatural order, that we have a father and a mother in the supernatural order that kind of matches up with God's design of the natural order where we are meant to have a father and a mother. So we have the family of the Catholic Church. The head of the family is our Lord Jesus Christ. The mother of the family is Our Lady. And together, they, as a team, produce children. They beget children to eternal life. They bring forth those children by communicating grace to them. That is the life of the soul. It pours forth from our Lord, and it passes through the hands of Our Lady, and then lands in our souls. And by means of these graces, our parents in the supernatural order, our Lord and Our Lady, train us. They guide us. They form us. We are meant to cooperate with these graces that we receive. We are meant to become holier. We are meant to draw closer to our heavenly goal. And we are expected to start to not just be called the children of our Lord and our Lady, but act like our children, such that when people see us, they see Christ or they see our Lady. We are meant to resemble them as natural children resemble their natural parents, so the supernatural children are meant to resemble their supernatural parents through the influence of this life of the soul that is being given to us through our Lord and Our Lady. This supernatural family far exceeds any natural family. It is, for one thing, immortal. It lives forever. It includes many generations of souls. There are children of Our Lord and Our Lady who now dwell in their home, in their proper familial estate, which is heaven. There are children who are waiting in the antechamber of their home. Those souls in purgatory who are doing their time for, for their, their sins on this earth and waiting to be admitted to the presence of their family. And of course, there is us, the children living here on earth, who are meant to be living that life of our Lord and Our Lady, and we're striving to reach the home of our true family. This is the grand perspective of the scheme that God has created for us to reach our heavenly home. And it is very admirable. We can imagine God looking at what our first parents did, Adam and Eve, seeing how they rebelled against him and rebelled against their own happiness and gave us a really terrible example and thinking about what effect it would have on the children of Adam and Eve. We, we know the disastrous effect it has had on us. We all suffer from the effects of original sin. We all battle, hopefully, every day against those effects that come to us from our first parents. And these are not as they say, parents that, that we want to be imitating. So God looks at us in this situation, this terrible situation. He has pity upon us, and 
he, he says, perhaps in these, in these words that we find in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, should a mother ever forget you, yet I will not forget you. As one whom a mother caresses, so I will comfort you. And he, he has this plan to comfort us. What is he going to do? He's going to provide us a new set of first parents, a new Adam, a new Eve, who will be everything that the, the first Adam and the first Eve will, were not. They will be as good as the first Adam and the first Eve were bad. They will be a supreme model for us to live our lives. They will spare nothing for our good. They will effectively lift us up from the slavery of sin. They will provide us with a path to true freedom and happiness. They will never abandon us no matter what we do. They will prepare for us a place of eternal happiness and they will do everything possible to help us reach that place. This is what God has given to us, and it's a truly wonderful thing for him to do, for him to create a family for us in the supernatural order that's like the family in the natural order. It's a beautiful and perfect plan. It's just as admirable as any of the harmonies that we might detect by the eye of natural reason that, that exists in our universe. It's a great thing to be part of that family that God has established. It's a great thing to be part of the race of the new Adam and the new Eve, to be among those members whose, who, whose true home is heaven, who are heading to, towards that eternal home. That's kind of mentioned in today's parable. We belong to the right family the complete family, one where there is a father and a mother, one where the children come from both father and mother. This is what, what God meant to happen for the supernatural order. We know that that's true of the, of the natural order, that, that in a right family, the children come from both father and mother. They have both a father and a mother who, who are with them. And those fa that father and the mother are faithful to them. They stick by them through the entirety of their lives. We have the same thing in the supernatural order. We have this complete family. And we have to thank God for giving us a mother who loves us and takes care of us. We have to rejoice in her motherhood over us and try to honor her by being her true children. It's so sad today how the family is being destroyed. The family in the natural order by some insane idea man today thinks he has total power over human nature that he even has the power to redesign the family to make whatever he decides and wants to call a family to be an actual family if we want to say a man and a man form a family or two women form a family or who knows, uh, you know, I, I heard that a, recently that a woman has married a tree, um, and I, she's probably calling that a, a family. Um, th this idea that, that whatever we decide is a family is a family. Of course, this insane attempt on, on the part of human beings leads to great destruction, first of all, of the children especially those families where they try, there's only one way to make children, and that's through a man and a woman. But what they try to do is they somehow try to incorporate a children 
that they have to produce them in the natural way through a man and a woman. They, they, be, they bring them into these unnatural unions. The children are very damaged. They're very confused by this. And the reason is because it's impossible to remake the human race. The human race will only be, will only ever be, what God has made it to be. And nothing that any human being ever does can change that. So if that's impossible for us to do in the natural order, if, if it's completely and utterly impossible for us to remake human beings, or remake the human family, it's of course impossible for us to remake the supernatural family. There's no way for us to redesign the supernatural order in a different way from what, from what God has established. In the natural order, we do have some power. In the supernatural order, we have no power at all. The supernatural order is completely beyond what is uh, capable for us by nature. And unfortunately, this is what the Protestants did. Well, this is what Luther did. He tried to redesign the supernatural order. He tried to make it such that it would not be a family. He removed every familial aspect from the supernatural order. He got rid of Holy Mother, the Church. He got rid of the Holy Father, the Pope. He got rid of this notion that our Lord and Our Lady work together as, as a team to produce a new race. He didn't completely get rid of Our Lady, but he certainly got rid of Our Lady as being the new Eve. And yet he would still claim that he could be God's family member, that this would be successful in getting people to heaven. He created a broken family religion, and the result has been disastrous, utterly disastrous for souls, for the children of God. And I, I truly believe that, that ultimately one of the reasons why in, in the 20th, in the 21st century, we're thinking about redesigning the family is that 500 years previously, they thought they could redesign the supernatural family. It's logical if you think that you have the power to determine the way in which people go, get to heaven, and that's not God's prerogative, then wouldn't you have the power to redesign the natural order as well? And that's what we've come to today because we've so tampered with the supernatural order and that's how we get this pluralistic situation today where we are meant to express adm admiration for all non-Catholic religions. We have this idea that human beings have the ability to design their own path to heaven when, of course, that's not the case. God has made one supernatural family. He's made one church. And it's through that family that we get to heaven. But my dear faithful, there is no need for us to redesign the supernatural order. What God has done in establishing the Catholic Church and giving us our Lord and our Lady is so wonderful, is so admirable, is so beautiful that a person would, would be completely derelict and misguided for him to want to change that. This is why it's so important for us to admire what God has made so wonderfully, embrace completely, as completely as we can in this life, the supernatural order that he has established for us, especially to embrace the fact that he has given us 
a mother in that order, to, to want to be in a state of utter dependence upon her, to truly be her children, to live as children, as the smallest of children live in relation to their mothers. Our Lady, says Scripture, is the mother of fair love. In her is all grace of the way and of the truth. In her is all hope of life and of virtue. Blessed be God our Father for giving us such a wonderful mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.